Hi there, and welcome to the ATS podcast with me, Will Brown, and John Salisbury. And this week, we are once again joined by our special guest, uh, Dr. Zoe Black, who is our resident sports psychologist that we liaise with, uh, talking to and getting advice about uh, mental health issues and uh, various things with how to optimize our systems and how we relate to our clients. Um, We, as usual, are going to break down chunks of health and fitness information into bite-sized pieces, remove a bunch of the noise, and hopefully just leave what's relevant. Um, On today's episode, we are going to be asking Zoe about her top tips for competition and performance anxiety. What do we reckon, Zoe? So it's amazing there. Um, yeah, it's, it's a question. Again, not the most straightforward answer. The most important thing is, first of all, to have an understanding of what anxiety is. And to remember that it is a normal human experience that we all go through at in our life um, how can we how can we use anxiety or how can we not allow anxiety to affect our performance in an unhelpful way first we've got to do is notice when we're anxious or what that looks like for us it is quite an individual thing i find in terms of how clients present with anxiety whether it's you know your heart racing shaking i do a lot of nervous laughter when i'm anxious um for some people it's that you know physically feeling like they're going to be sick be noticing okay what feel when you're anxious how you present Mm -hmm. and how does it affect what what you're thinking We talk about um, behavioural kind of hot cross bun, you know, you've got your thoughts, feelings, your behaviours and your physiology and those things all being connected. Feeling anxious, what's going on in those other components. Right. Uh, Just to circle back, why is it a hot cross bun? The way they draw the diagram, it's like a circle with a cross on it. Oh, right. Okay, no, no, that's just my my poor imagination. I was like, I'm, I've missed a bit. Like, where, where was the hot cross bun? I'm also clearly hungry because I'm very distracted. I'm like, yeah, super interesting. But what about the food? Mm, Yeah, and I mean, my favorite hot cross buns at the moment are those chocolate ones that Marks and Spencer's are doing. They are delicious. That's the one I'm. <laughs> so yeah, we've got you've got your kind of thoughts at the top of the hot cross bun, if you'd like. Your mm-hmm. on one side, the physiological effect, what's going on inside our bodies, and then like our behaviours, and these four things are all connected and all relate to each other. So it's kind of you've got the arrows going round the side, and the arrows joining them together across the middle is is what I believe it's called a hot cross bun. Um, yeah, on our mind body connection. So when we're nervous. I often give the example of, you know, I might be feeling anxious um, about being in a room with, this is again a ridiculous example, being in a room with bananas because I think my thought is that bananas are poisonous and that poisonous bananas is going to harm me. Physiologically, when I'm anxious and I'm nervous about these bananas, my heart rate's going to increase, I get a bit sweaty, a bit shaky. 
in terms of behaviours, and I'm going to avoid that room with those bananas because I just hate them. Big Peter, Peter Andre is yeah. listening and actually reliving reliving his anxieties. That man, that man is scared of bananas. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. We've got we've um, got quite a few banana phobes. That was a really good example of something that nobody would experience, but here I am, wrong. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> I don't think it's wrong. It's just very strange. I mean, Peter, it's a stu it's very bad pub trivia, but Peter Andre did almost die of potassium poisoning from bananas, which is why it's just in my head. Oh yeah, I mean, if you eat fifteen in a day, like. That'll yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Excessive. Excessive. So we've got this kind of connection going on, we're aware of it, and what's happening when we're anxious. Um, the story you always hear in psychology is, you know, our brain doesn't know the difference between being anxious about a banana poisoning us as to if there was a sable toothed tiger in the time when we were all cavemen. So it still activates that same fight, flight, fight, flight, freeze, what tongue twister response part of our brain which you and is basically our brain is then getting our body to run away. We're getting ready to run away from this thing that is threatening, uh, be or a saber-toothed tiger, and that is why we see the increase in our heart rate. We see the blood beginning to pump to our legs to help us run away. Our body's getting ready. That's actually, I guess, this is a bit much technical jargon, activates our sympathetic nervous system, mm -hmm. which gets us ready to do that. Rising nicely to my top tip. Um, I've been rhyming myself everywhere recently for reducing, and this is yeah, anxiety or nerves to tune into our breathing and to activate our parasympathetic nervous system. And how we basically do that is through long exhales. So the story I always use is, you, you know, when you watch a movie or a cartoon and you see the person hyperventilating and they're breathing into a bag and they're just like, <laughs> they're almost gulping for air. Mm -hmm. And there's because they're breathing in so much, they are, when we inhale, we activate our sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight, flight, freeze. Um, it's getting our body ready to run away. When we breathe out and exhale, that's us activating our parasympathetic nervous system, which basically tells our body to kind of rest and digest, is, is what they call it. So if we're breathing in loads and not breathing out, we're just activating that fight, flight, freeze response and making ourselves really anxious, hence the hyperventilating. Then have longer exhales. Um, so breathing in for two, out for four. We're allowed and digest process to win the battle so to speak and encourage our body to rest hmm. so would there i don't know this is incredibly informative um just a just a question would be is there i i assume like a lot of things the devil's in the details and it will be a bit about kind of balancing that out because I, I assume you don't want to you also wouldn't want to try and be like ready for a nap when you're meant to be uh, in competition or, or like a high level performance. Um, exactly like, that. Yeah. Like I, as much as we mainly deal with powerlifters in terms of a competitive sense, and and American football players as well, but 
again, if someone if someone in American football was kind of lining up for the opening kickoff and like stifling a yawn, I'd be equally concerned as somebody who is so jittery they can't stop moving for any length of time <laughs> or had mainly gone around the back of the bleachers to be sick with nerves. <laughs> They're like, neither of those are desirable right now. And that's why I think you so often notice, um, I do a lot of work in swimming and one of the things that you see when you see them or again with kind of kickers and those close skills is just before they kind of begin to make their movement, that last kind of long exhale that almost looks like a sigh, that kind of and it's just that let's just calm those movements, that last kind of excess of, of adrenaline and, and just rest that wee bit in that, in that last moment. So yeah, it's almost like that is kind of the best tool to have in your toolbox to reduce anxiety is try and change the thoughts. We can try, we can change the behaviour and we can try and, you know, reframe anxiousness as excitement. And actually change the physiological component that's going to have a much greater impact on all those other factors than, you know, telling ourselves, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. But you've still got that feeling in your gut of I'm going to throw up. Um, <laughs> so, so the physiological component, we know that's going to impact the rest um, quicker. So yeah, finding that balance between, as you say, and being so focused uh, and like adrenaline pumping is is important. And again, then I'm sure you probably have some lifters who want to be uh, super aroused, you know, that kind of really hyped up um, performance. Well, yeah. That's where they perform at their optimum. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have Joy. Um, oh, what, what's her name, Solsby? I forgot. I've totally Namani, that's it. Yeah. She's a. Uh... I think she's won worlds in the IPF. She's horrifically strong, and she just sits backstage reading a book and eating a lollipop. Like, could not look like she gave less of a shit. And then just goes out and yeah, deadlifts like two twenty at fifty-seven kilos or something. Just ridiculous. She's almost Miss Linda for her presentation every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like in a world. The, there are definitely people who prefer the the kind of heightened uh, state of excitement that I, I, the can can all the sports psychologists have a meeting and just change the word from arousal because like it's really <laughs> there's just there should be a better word. Um, oh yeah, exactly. Like trying to get th the room of lads to listen to an actual a serious discussion about pre pre competition arousal is just like it's never gonna go well. I agree. Um, <laughs> the examples perfectly define the importance of um, the individual context and encouraging them to um, autonomy again over it and understanding of it. And I know that sometimes some of the athletes I've worked with like to be that kind of super excited, over aroused, but actually they don't perform at their best when they. So it's we almost have. To numbers and be like okay well when you're super excited and you're really pumped up actually this is kind of the times you're going or this is what you're lifting whereas versus when you're slightly calmer this is the performance we're getting out of you 
mm. sometimes people just don't actually have that awareness or understanding and it's spelling that out to them and encouraging them to play around with how excited they are before they perform can be important yeah the i quite often see it when there's a, i think there's a fairly unique dynamic in powerlifting where if you are coaching somebody on the day you have to you're typically the person who's going to pick their attempts so they get nine attempts three of each lift um a lot of people will hype up whoever they're handling but genuinely most people are almost too hype on their own nerves anyway like the the kind of competition setting the crowd like the the culmination of all the work like all of that nervousness kind of hypes them up enough like i don't think they mostly or a large amount of people don't need any extra hype they're like way too highly strong as it is um but it's also that you need to because you're the person running the numbers you need to actually keep a kind of cool head yourself which it can get really is really hard you can get like carried away and just get into the hype but you need to remain objective and pick numbers that are actually there which is quite difficult like it's never fun to have someone be really stoked about making a lift and they want to add 10 kilos onto it and you're like like let's maybe go five i don't think 10's there like they never they never look at you pleasantly if you tell them <laughs> but and so it's so you've got to manage almost their can i say the word rise levels but also your own oh yeah 100 percent. like you have to you have to do both and you they pretty much can't be the same i don't think if you if you're both going to do your jobs well which is a oh it's kind of funky sorry so we going good question um i'm thinking in some of the sports i work in are we have that challenge often and it's almost about just encouraging well i find encouraging both two individuals to be considerate of each other of okay know that this is what you need and you like that you know a hundred percent of the time you're in the gym could we could we have that or when it's really important you're doing that you know that main lift or that challenging say whatever it might be and could we be a little bit more considerate of others in sport? Athletes <laughs> um, are quite selfish and quite often they'll do what they need to do to get the results that they need. And it is just about managing and yeah, encouraging them to understand each other. And whilst you might work in this way, not everyone works in this way. And um, well, I've done that recently in one sport is actually um, we removed um, kind of were encouraged to try a different warm-up routine so those that typically warmed up one way we asked them the opposite way and vice versa and it kind of gave them a bit of an empathy and understanding of the other person 
um, and then obviously we let them go back to, to what worked for them. But it was a way to let's let's play around with this, let's experiment, let's see how heavy you can lift, you know, with no music and science. What's that like for you? Um, yeah, just into the other person's shoes, and you know, they'll probably step back into into what works for them. But let's be considerate of what it's like when enjoying or not comfortable in the environment. I have no idea again if that answered your question no, or no. not, but it's dope. Jeremy with no music. <laughs> well, I think we do traditionally, mainly with our powerlifters, like to not have an over reliance on music from outside influences, mainly because our confidence. You can also find a bit of a reduced effect if you do it over and over again. Like the, it kind yeah, it's kind of like you're like if you're eating your favorite food all the time, it slowly becomes not your favorite. <laughs> yeah, it would need a long while before I got sick of pizza, but yeah, the um yeah. So just to summarize, what would be your top three tips for reducing? competition anxiety. Taking time to understand how nerves, I see what it looks like for you and how it affects your performance. Mm -hmm. Acknowledging and accepting that feel anxious. We're not we're not gonna eradicate that feeling from your life forever. It's gonna come up. Um, and then number three would be using that breathing. So longer exhales breathing in for two out for four in for four out for six tells to activate parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system and kind of calm your body is what i think would be the best strategy awesome thank you for that zoe